Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Edge Guide in Podcast. I'm Dr. Estella Shavu, and I'm happy to share another Edge Guide in Podcast with you today. Our goal at Edge Guidance is help to help you champion your human potential in Christ. And we do, do this through our weekly podcasts where we share messages God has given to us to share with you. For more information on Edge Guidance, be sure to go to our website at edgeguidance.com or join our Edge Guidance Facebook page. This podcast is entitled Exploring Altruism Part 2, and we're going to talk about learning how to model Christ-like behavior. This is part two of a three-part series on altruism, and the first explored God's intention for us. This one will explore how to model Christ-like behavior, and the third one will explore how to act in altruistic relationships through the activation of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, come be with thanks and praise. Please open our minds to understand further, further the altruistic nature you have for us. Our goal at Edge Guide In, as you know, is to, to make sure we can help teach people understand and learn more about you. And for this particular Bible study, we're hoping that we can show people how to model the behavior that you would like us to do in all that we do. And we pray that you will bring our attention and focus back to you when we lose focus on this, Lord. Thank you for the countless blessings you give to us daily and things that you do for us that are noticed and unnoticed. Thank you for all that you do in the way of acts of altruism that is given to us and those we go give to others. We love you, Father, and thank you for your ultimate protection, salvation, and love. Amen. So this podcast, as I mentioned, is a part uh, two, and it has to do with learning how to model Christ-like behavior. And in, in part one, I, I mentioned earlier, we learned that altruism requires us to know God's intention for humanity. And this is affirmed by the intentional design of us, how he designed us, how he directed us to shine our light and showcase ourselves, and also by his intention for us to have a cultural mandate over the world. All three of these things show us that we were born a mission and given the stewardship to this world and for this world. Now, being a steward is, as you know, is hard. It's not an easy task. And this is seen by some of the global tragedies we have to encounter, our struggles in the state of the world. It's a, it's a very chaotic state. So how is acting in God in a Christ-like way possible? Well, the key is to learn and act out his behavior, which many of us have put on a back burner, have lost it, or maybe never even had it. All agree that if you model good and Christ-like behavior, it seems it it seems impossible to do. But if you really go back to the basics, you can master it. So in this Bible story, I'm going to give you a few things to think about. First of all, I'm going to explore the, the saying that um, 
and what we're often told to do, we're often told that we need to act in godly behavior or to be Christ-like, which I'm teaching you about today, um, in our actions. But really, it it is essential for us to show and model godlike behavior. Now think about that. What usually happens in our daily life is we're very theoretical. You know, sometimes we're practical in nature, but we really don't act out God's word. We read it, we listen to it, we know that this is our, our, our what we should do, but we don't act on it. So in this Bible study, we're going to talk about how do we cultivate the attitudes of a Christ-like behavior, those attitudes like faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly love, excuse me, kindness, godliness, charity, humanity, diligence. How do we do all that? The key is in his word. Matthew 5, 16 tells us, your light must shine before people in such a way that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And, and so your works are supposed to glorify him. If we show our good works, the Father is glorified and we are modeling his behavior. I am taking, I was talking to a CEO about charitable giving. And one of the things I, you know, it, you know, he's taking time out of his busy schedule to come and work for this charitable activity. Uh, we call it action for good at our work. And I thanked him for his time. And he said back to me, you know, it's easier for me to write a check than leave my laptop, laptop and do a charitable deed. And that really resonated with me because service to others is the pillar of Christianity. Jesus taught us that helping those in need was one of the most important aspects of anyone's life. Jesus went so far to suggest that people should help others as much as possible. Excuse me, Luke 12, 33, 34 tells us, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no there approaches and moths won't destroy. For wherever your treasure is, that is where your heart is also. So what are ways that we can cultivate a Christ-like giving in a behavior. I'm going to give you three things to think about today. The first is we must have a discipline for giving. And that discipline comes from his spirit, the Holy Spirit of Christ. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us, for the spirit of God gave for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. God created us with a body to contact that to uh, contact the physical realm, the spiritual realm, and, and and the psychological realm. Our human spirit, the deepest part of our being, can contact and receive God. We were born of the spirit. When we were first believed in Christ Jesus, the Lord and the life-giving spirit came into us and was mingled into our spirit. 
after we were born again as Christians. And it lives there continuously. It doesn't leave us. It continues to live there through our contact in the, with the Lord, through fellowship. We're receiving more of him and by living with him. We develop discipline. And we develop the discipline needed to have Christ-like behavior by praying to Christ and staying in his word. The second thing is we must have this have a spirit for giving. And that means we must have a spirit of love. Ephesians 3, 17, 19 tells us that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith to the end that you being rooted and grounded in love may be strengthened to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, height, and depth, and to know Christ's love, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. <laughs> Excuse me, that, that just, just really touches me. I mean, I love Ephesians, the book of Ephesians anyway, but I, to be filled with a, unsur, un, a love that you don't understand, that you can't comprehend, that's the love God has for us. And he demonstrated it very many ways in the Bible, mainly given his, own, his only begotten son. God chose dwelling, excuse me, God chose dwelling in the seat of the inner being of man's heart. So understand that the heart is our inner being. That's where he dwells. It's not in our brain. It's not in how we articulate with our tongue or in our senses. It is in our heart. The heart is the inner being of our new nature in Christ. Being grounded and rooted in love prepares us to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge. Now, lack of love, on the other hand, leads us to division and rivalry. And it takes away from what God has intended to us. And that has to do with our altruism as well. But God ordained us so that we should dwell in this place. Once we have the love of Christ, it will be shown in our giving. Remember that love is the permanent, greatest, never failing first fruit of the Spirit against which there is no law. So some people will say, well, what is the right way to give? Or who should I give? If you give in love, you give in the right way. Love for the church was why the Lord Jesus went to the cross at Calvary. And when he when, when we are rooted and grounded in Christ, we are rooted and grounded in his love. And the last thing is, we must remember what God entrusted to us. Excuse me. God created the world and entrusted us to care for it. Second Corinthians 9 tells us, learning to be generous with God naturally lends you to a cheerful giver. And God loves that. God loves a cheerful giver. One of the most incredible lines in his text says that God can perfectly replenish whatever, uh, whatever you give so that you can be generous at all occasions, which will result in thanksgiving to God. So that means that sometimes we think we don't have enough to give and we don't know what to give. God replenishes it. It's like a cast, constant cash flow and a cast, constant rejuvenation of funds or whatever it is we want to give. 
He gives it to us. It's there. Scripture, scripture, and this is important to know, scripture never mandates a specific amount each Christian or church should give. Paul was refused to name a percentage or a specific amount each Christian or church must give. Um, he, he said he never said what percentage or income or belongings to give. Instead, God uh, sets a standard according to what each person has decided to give. If you're giving of love in your heart, you'll know what to give. God will let you know. God wants Christians to do good work, and he will provide all that is needed to do so. God is a provider. He is the one who distributes freely to the poor. Giving as a Christ-like act of grace is about more than meeting physical needs of those who lack. It also causes thankfulness to God to overflow. It builds connections between believers and gives to those who receive as well as give. God provides both the seed and the bread. So I leave you with this. Don't worry about what you should give or how you should give or how much you should give. or Just worry about these three things. And that is having the discipline for giving. And that's through his spirit, Holy Spirit. Having the spirit for giving. And that's through the spirit of love. And knowing how much he entrusted us to do in this earth, to take care, he gave us dominion over the entire earth to take care of it. And you won't go wrong. In the final series, part three, I will share and explore with you how autistic relationships happen through the activation of the Holy Spirit. God bless.